Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Town Social. I hope you've missed us, we've certainly missed you. We're ready to grab the popcorn, sit down and watch another season of Wonder unfold. Uh, it's not like much has happened in pre-season to talk about, but we'll do our best. Here to uh, dissect it all with me is Gaz Kay, Ian Kilroy and Tristan Bartley Kyle. Gents, welcome. Um, great to see you all again. Great to be talking town again. And we're going to open up some old wounds and very briefly touch on the awfulness of the playoff final. <sighs> I mean, I, I, I don't want to go over it too much. It's been said multiple sources already, so I'm not going to talk about the horrific penalty decisions or non-penalty decisions, should I say. The, the only thing that I wanted to touch on with the playoff final, which may be a bit controversial for me, is when, when I went... Oh, I, I, Forrester, obviously, it's new for them, in it? Loads of fans, buzz, same buzz as we had when we, when we first went. And then I looked, at, I looked at some of our fans, and honestly, like, honestly, lads, some of them looked like they, just, they were there for the sake of turning up just because they had to be because they were at the final. Some of them I spoke to, I said, oh, do you, you know, you, you want us to go up? Well, I'm not bothered, really, I, you know. And it, I don't know, lads, like, it was just a weird atmosphere, wasn't it? Like, we were shoved in the opposite end, obviously. The, the pubs, we couldn't really get into the pubs. Went down the fan zone and there, there was no real, there was no singing. There was no, it was very subdued and it felt very weird and got into the ground and I was right in the middle of the what was supposed to be the um, North San Laurel, like the, the singing section bit. Great for a couple of minutes, and then the atmosphere just kind of faded. We tried to get a bit of singing going, no one was interested. And it felt almost like a game where we just, we were happy we got there, but we, we weren't bothered. We didn't want to get to the Prem. And I know, it, I know it was, I know how badly it ended. And I know a club like ours, you know, realistically is going to struggle up there and it's not going to be entertaining because we're going to get walloped nearly every game. But I don't know. I just felt a bit let down by some of the fans really there. It, it was just weird. It was just weird. It was almost like an away game at, at, at times. I don't know if you lads picked up on that, but I just wanted to quickly touch on that because obviously the game's been done to death, but it's just something that stood out to me. I don't know what you guys thought of it. I, it was a game that I wanted to win, but I didn't particularly want the prize, which was just a bit counterintuitive. I, I actually really, I enjoyed the build-up to the game on the day, probably more than I did when we when we got promoted. I was less nervous for a start. Um, I felt more relaxed, probably. And as a consequence, I enjoyed it a bit more. Um, the game itself has been done to death. You know, good luck to Forest because they're going to need it. Um, you know, I worked with a couple of lads who were Forest fans. I was with one on, on Tuesday. You know, and they're very bullish. They've signed a lot of players. they spent a lot of money, but they won't be the first team that's done that to come, to come straight back down. I saw a good tweet from somebody today going on about Forest. I'll quickly read it. Forest looks set to join a long list of clubs who declare we are back where we belong before realising it's all changed. It's like going back to your hometown and finding it's been gentrified. It's 47 quid for a coffee, but nobody cares at the expensive wine bar you used to be an happy shopper. And, and I think that that probably sums it up for me. I think would I have gone up absolutely, you know, I think about what Simon Jordan said about the Premier League, and that is the money that's generated, you're much better being on the inside looking out than the outside looking in. So, you know, I think, would I like to go up? Yeah. Would we have come straight down? Yeah. But I'm a bit a bit like, like you're saying, it just felt a bit, almost felt like a fait accompli uh, that Forrest were going to win on the day. And, and and I don't think we ever did anything in the game, really, to, to make that 
to, to change that dynamic. You know, I know we had the penalty shouts, but let's be honest, we were poor on the day. They weren't great, but I think they probably generated just about enough to win. So um, the old phrase, we go again, I guess. Um, I'm not entirely sure we'll have to worry about getting to Wembley this season. So, Shane. Oh, I just, to me, it felt wrong. It all felt wrong. Like we went down the day before because we were down watching the Giants at Twicket, uh, um, Spurs and that was wrong as well. Well, that felt really right until the last couple of minutes. But the town game, from, from, the, moment, from the moment we woke, woke up and we stayed um, in the Premier and I think it was right next to the stadium, right next to Wembley. And straight away, as soon as we woke up, there was thousands of Nottingham Forest fans from seven o'clock in the morning walking around Wembley. And now there were no town fans. We couldn't find anyone. It was nearly like it was a Forest home game. And then on top of that, the, it, just, it just felt like the Forest fans were there for a, for a fight. And, and not a physical fight, but they knew the team was ready to, ready to have a good go to get somewhere they'd not been for a long time. Whereas the town fans, it did feel, feel a lot apathetic, didn't it? It felt like we were there just for a day out. We didn't really care what happened. And to be honest, to me, it looked like it pretty similar on the pitch. It looked like the guys were tired. Like it was a long season. It looked like we were playing players that weren't even ready to play. Pippa suddenly in there after not being featured very, very much in the last few weeks of the season. Everything felt wrong. And now I obviously been away for 10 years, so I've not actually seen a game in person up until the end of this season. But the last game I saw before going was a Peterborough playoff final. And now to me, it was a very similar feeling day to that. And in, in at the moment that, uh, of that morning, it felt wrong. And fortunately, that went to crap. But then we built on it over the summer and we had a go the year after and we went up. And now for me, the real comparison will be how we've done this preseason and, and how we go this season compared to that one. And I don't think I'm speaking just for myself when I, don't, when I will expect it to be anything like that one. Um, it felt like we had a bit of a shot of going up this, this past season and we've blown it but then we never expected to be there. I'm still not entirely sure how good the team was last year. I don't get how we ended up where we did. It never felt like man for man we were as good as other teams up there, but Carlos got a song out of the team and, and deservedly ended up there in the end. Now, obviously, we've got a bit of change that's, that's gone over over the, over the summer and, and now we're looking at something entirely different. But to be honest, I was just happy that day was over. It never felt right. And um, the sooner the next season can start, the better for me because that was really one to forget. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I, I just felt we got it completely wrong, didn't we? I think, I think it was one of those occasions where, and and we seem to, we seem to forget it when Carlos left. There was a lot of, oh my god, you know, he's he's kind of left. But there was points probably during the season where still we were questioning, has he got it right? You know, and 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 I think I think on that day he didn't get it right. You know. I, I think probably we huffed and puffed a little bit. Sauber had, you know, a few attacks at them. I think McKenna possibly, or, or Worrell it was, got got booked relatively early on in the first half and we never really went at him. He looked susceptible, you know, to, to Sauber's pace, but we never really got in and behind him. Um, and to be honest, a little bit like Gaz said, I don't think they were great, but were worse and I, and I think that summed it up to quite honest way you know it, it took that scrappy goal to to win the game and I think that's all it were it were only that were all it were ever going to be wasn't it that that, that week that league last year just picking what you said there Ian, you know I think part of the reason we got to where we were last year despite the fact I have to be honest at times we, we did struggle was I thought the league was really poor last year for what is the what is often the most competitive league in Europe I thought the championship was really pretty poor last year. And you look at the teams that have come down and the teams that have come up. 
and the teams all, who you would have expected to be there or thereabouts who missed out, you know, this year, it ain't going to be anywhere near as uh, easy. It's not the right word, is it? But it's going to be a lot more competitive, I think, than it was last year. It was a bit of a summer that last summer, though, where there wasn't as many transfers as usual in the championship, I don't think. Yeah. And, and so teams stayed pretty similar. And now what we had going into that was a young team that have developed an extra year, played an extra year, and gelled a bit better. And now under an extra preseason of Carlos, obviously we look so much better. So I put it down a lot to that, guys. It was a weaker league, yes. And we, we improved better than everybody else got a younger team on the up in their careers. And that can be proven, I guess, by the players that have left this summer and, and that have moved on. I thought in the playoff final, I thought Sauber Thomas, he, he looked especially tired, Tristan, he did. He, yeah. he didn't look like he were even there, did he? He, yeah. he barely turned up for that. And yeah. he was Mr. Consistent over most of the season. He was the guy there creating stuff. And I can't remember he put a cross in, really. I don't think he put anything in at all. He certainly didn't the first man. No, he, he, just want, he just want himself. And, and even Louis O'Brien, obviously, I thought he was best, one of the best midfielders in the division last year. And in the playoff final, in the first half, he barely touched it. What he does well is he transitions so well from the first to the final third. He goes through all three phases and he turns and he drives the ball forward. And, I, and I, I, as again, as it's one of the first times I'm in the stadium, you can see more when you're in the stadium because you can see people that are off camera when you're watching it on TV. And the first half, I was really upset with, upset with him in that he, was, he wasn't doing much. He, he was barely featured. And then first thing he did in the second half, he, he got the ball halfway line, drove it towards the corner and he looked okay again. Yeah. As soon as he... He sets a tempo for the team, doesn't he? We play well if, if O'Brien's set in tempo and that player finally didn't for whatever reason. I think... Yeah. I th- so, sorry, Nick. I think, I think on that point as well, to a certain extent, you know, and, and, and without going, you know, moving on to the, to the next bit sort of thing, we, O'Brien, I think, we know what ability he's got and are we going to miss him? Yeah, we're going to miss him. But he had the ability to do exactly that, what you just said, where, you know, you were urging him to just to just get on the ball and just carry us up, pit, up the pitch a bit. And he just, well, I, th- I, think, I think they blew everything out versus Luton, didn't they? You know, I, certainly the first game, I went down to the first game and first half, you know, we, we were up against it. But second half, I thought we properly came out and we, we gave them a good go. And then... The second game against Luton, we just held on and held on and held on. Managed to nick a goal. And it seemed like, whether it was nervous energy or what, I don't know, but it just we just seemed to blow everything in those two games. And, and you know, as we've, as we've said, we, we just didn't turn up midway at the final. There were a lot of players running on empty, weren't there? I, I agree with O'Brien. He's, he's brilliant at picking the ball up and re- re- releasing the pressure and gaining territory. You know, his, his dribbling ability is sort of top-end championship, lower premiership standard. It's just a shame that his final third ability, his decision-making and his shooting is League 2 standard sometimes. Um, if he could do that, it'd be a amazing. And I, and I think that's what he'll struggle with in the Premier League, is his end product. Um, I mean, have, have we replaced him? We'll get on to that. I, I just didn't... We, we didn't offer enough, did we? We didn't offer enough in attack. We didn't have one shot on target in a playoff final. You know, just just let that sink in. You know, how how can you even how can that even be possible? <laughs> you know, there's no way that you, you can not have a shot on target all game and deserve to win the game. I, I was gutted to bring Tino on. I don't care if he wasn't 100 percent fit. You know, that he showed what he could do in that brief spell at Coventry. He just, he were crying out for something different. Wildcard, you know, even for like ten minutes. Yeah, we just we needed something different. You're absolutely yeah. spot on. And I, I was gutted he didn't come on. 
because it, it were crying out for that. And, I, and I'm so pleased he's back. Obviously, we'll get on to that later. But I, I just think we looked a bit scared at times. Forest want much better, to be fair. I, th- I think the occasion got to both teams. They just took the chance when it came, uh, got a bit of luck with it. But we, we just didn't offer enough going forward. And um, attack something we've always struggled with. We, we've been, we were better last season, but ever since we got promoted to the championship, scoring goals has been our Achilles heel. Um, I know they're trying to address that this summer. Um, but um, well, let's see. But anyway, you know, I, I, I wasn't too downhearted after the playoff final because I thought, you know, we've still got Carlos, <laughs> and he can get hold of the team, and he managed to work wonders on such a small budget. And you know, we actually had a team. Do you know what I mean? We didn't. We, we were a West Brom, you know, a team of individuals. We were, we were a collective team, and that got us a long way. And I thought, at least we've got Carlos. We've still got the backroom staff. We're still going to have that work ethic. And then he ups and leaves, doesn't he? Um, it, it, I was absolutely gutted to be honest. I know he didn't. Uh, you know, there were still some people that were questioning him, and he and he and he has done a few things wrong. We talked about the, the playoff final. I thought he could have done things differently, but on the whole, I thought he did an amazing job with the budget he had. It took him a while to sort of adapt and and change his game and be able to adapt in game, and I thought he did that really well last season. And I think that my initial reaction was anger because on the face of it we hadn't offered him what he needed so he got us to third he'd obviously come back had a conversation wanted to kick on wanted to get better players so we could compete again and we said no and to me it looked like we've thrown away a great opportunity to keep this guy and push on um obviously dean's come out he's had his interview we said about the finances but what what were your guys guys thoughts on it because i know he didn't have i know it, it Everybody wasn't his fan, but I, I thought he did a great job, and I, I was good. I'm gutted that he's gone, to be honest. He, he, he won me round, Nick. I have to say, you know, I was disappointed. Um, you know, I think in certainly in in, in business, I, I talk a lot about loyalty and, and trying to be loyal. And I think you know, bear in mind, he finished. He finished. We finished twentieth, and we struggled. We what were we doing three games or something from Christmas. And he survived the chop when a lot when a lot of other managers wouldn't. Um, and then he he really he grew into that and seemed to certainly once Dean got back, he became a more engaged coach, engaged with the fans. And that was a positive for me. Um, but the club showed him loyalty when we finished 20th. When we finished third, he, he doesn't he doesn't repair that for me. So, you know, I, I I'm I'm not shedding, I'm not shedding too many tears. And in some ways, Although a lot of people have criticised, and I, I love to criticise LeBron, but it's almost a, a full-time hobby for me. Um, you know, I, I have to give a bit of credit. I actually think going with Danny Schofield is a really brave choice. And actually, I really, but I'm with him on it. I absolutely, but instead of getting another merry-go-round championship manager who wants to do things his way, I actually think there's something in this continental model. Um, you know, I, I, I was shot down in flames by Ian about the, the B-team model last year. And, and again, you know, I'm happy to eat a bit of humble pie and that that's starting to, to work, but it only works as part of a model. And, and you can't, you can't therefore drop in, uh, I'm trying to win it, Sam Allardyce probably isn't the best example, but, you know, Chris Wilder or a Paul Warren, I'm not sure you can drop them people in now because it doesn't work with the way that the club has set up. So, you know, I'm, I'm pleased Danny's going to get his chance. I hope, really, you know, fingers crossed it goes well for him. Um, you know, I think, I heard Dean's interview. It was I wouldn't call it a sly dig at Carlos, 
and the way he's departed, I think it was pretty much a bullet, really. Um, but you know, one man, you know, he one man doesn't hit the club. So I'm sure when when Danny's stood in the dugout on Friday, he'll be just as keen and just as driven as Carlos was to bring success. I think I think it was just a decision made by Carlos for Carlos, wasn't it? You know, and and uh, to be honest, I've no hard feelings for him doing that. That's football, in it? The the players do it, the managers do it. I think just going back to something you said earlier, I think Gaz, you said it, you know, about how the league was poor or, you know, and, and how did we sort of get up there? I think all manner of things just came together at the right time, didn't it? You know, it, it, tough probably won't be missed as much for his footballing ability, but what he seemed to bring off the field and it seemed to almost be without quite the charisma of Hef, it seemed to be a little bit of a Hef character pulling pulling the, the lads together, pulling the crowd with, you know, together with with the lads, you know, the, the number of lads that seemed to to be really awkward doing that wave at the end of a game when we when we beat someone and Toff would be dragging them in to, to get involved in it sort of thing. I think I think Carlos I think he I think he did develop and he, he did he certainly learned his lessons from the first season and you know we we were questioning whether some of these lads like Mike Pearson and and Tom Lees would fit in as as kind of ball playing centre halves into this system and and actually they you know they they just made us really hard to beat on the whole um, and I guess to a certain extent that that is hope where my my basis and and. I won't say I have great expectations of this season, but I would still hope that we're difficult to beat, you know, and and, and whilst we probably won't be the quite, um, it was a bit of a chess master, wasn't he? You know, it was quite methodical how they tried to, they, they, they would, the first thing they would do would drop in, they'd drop into shape, they'd drop into formation, etc. I think probably this year will be a little bit more expansive. I, I think we'll probably try and attack a little bit more and, we might be a little bit worse off for that, but you know, I, I, I'm again, I'm a bit like Gaz. I'm, I'm, I'm all behind Danny Schofield getting a shot at it, and you know, and I think probably it was a little bit too early in in coming for him. But you know, when's going to be the best time for him? I think he, he you know, he's 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 got to cut his cloth at some point, doesn't he? Well, personally, I thought Carlos football was boring as shit. I thought it was awful to watch. I can't say I enjoyed it. I didn't, but I can't lie and, and pretend that I'm not a results-driven guy. I am when it comes to football because that's what matters the most. And he got the results week in and week out. Again, it's not entirely sure how, considering how we played, but Tristan's right. We, we made sure we were really tough to score against. We don't give many chances away. And if you do that, and you, and you're pretty te- you can be pretty technical on the ball when you, when you do get it, then you can go quite a long way. But to me, it's, it's not about Carlos leaving. I think it signifies more of the end of the year of Phil. Right, and it's more about what Dean Hall brings to the table and what we're going to be going forward. It's great wanting to build on last season, but if it's financially unsustainable because we're blowing our brains out to try and chase something, that I don't think that's I don't think that's a fair a fair reflection exactly what's happened. But it, it definitely sounds like, com, considering the the statement that came out from Dean uh, yesterday, that we were spending far too much to to be able to, and maybe that is is down to paying back loans or paying contracts still off from Premier League or when we came down people that we signed while we were getting parachute payments so we're still overspending a little bit and, and being hit by COVID and whatnot but 
obviously we weren't willing to give Carlos what he required to even match what we did last season. I think that's pretty clear. I think we can all agree on that. So realistically, it's sad to see him leave, but the club's changing again. Just like when we did change the B team model, it changed quite remarkably overnight. But Cowley's gone. So we're doing again now. Um, going into this season, I expect an entirely different style of football. I think we don't have the money to bring in the technical players like we had last season. Toffolo, Pipper and, and, and O'Brien alone. If you're going to go out to try and find proven players, you can provide what they provide. They cost a lot of money, as we know, because we just sold them for that amount. I know um, Toffolo and Pipper had quite short contracts, so they've gone pretty cheap comparatively. But we don't have the money to be able to go out bringing proven guys. So I think the foot style of football is going to entirely change to an overload kind of system where we're going to cry, try and create more direct football chances and, and try and uh, make up the gap from there. Will it work? I don't know. We'll have to work it. We'll have to see how we go. With Schofield coming in, I th- uh, guys, I get it. I think it's a nostalgic thing, though. It's like when you sign a player for a second time. You should never really do it. It's only worked with Boovey, hasn't it? I can't remember it working again. Or, or not, and it not like with Rose coming back for a second time. It's not entirely the same striker as it was when he left. So... Schofield, yeah, he deserves a chance. I don't think we've been a, a team that have brought in merry-go-round uh, managers for years, have we? Who, who the last one we brought in? Powell, I guess. But that was after a decent season at Charlton. So that's not really us either. I thought we'd have been a little bit braver than Schofield. But then I guess we're trying to just recreate what Carlos did. And, and it's, it's, it's a fan-pleasing appointment, isn't it? No one was going to get wound up with Schofield because everyone loved him as a player. He comes in for five grand and two bags of balls and a couple of nets or whatever it was from Bromsworth Miners Welfare, were it? Um, and everyone loves the story of Schofield because he was a great player when he played for us. He was fantastic. So of course you want to, you're going to get a full support of of the crowd when when it, when he walks out on Friday for his first game. But I tell you what, I think it's going to be a tough job for him replacing what we've lost and and trying to imprint a new style of football as your first actual job as a senior a senior coach. He's got a lot a lot to uh, to try and achieve in the next few uh, next few games because I tell you what, if the season starts poorly, it's going to be an uphill battle for him, isn't it? Now luckily. The transfers we made over last summer were fantastic, and at the time, yeah, people questioned them. I personally, I thought the least transfer was Andy and, and Pearson beforehand was good, but we don't even seem to be making those kind of transfers this summer, do we? We're definitely looking at more potential-based signings that we're gambling on a little bit. So we, we're trying to hit that home run. We're trying to bring somebody in who's done a little bit okay and, and, and bring him in for a few hundred grand to a million and try and improve him quickly so we can flip him and, and create a bigger budget for us going forward. But that's a high-risk strategy. Whereas when you're bringing in guys like Lee's and Pearson and Nichols for it too, I guess, to try and push you forward with a solid foundation. That's a safe way of going about it. This year seems an entirely different approach because by the sounds of it, we're cutting budget and, and we're having to do it a different way. So who knows what we're in for this year? It's a little bit of a throwback to uh, Pilkington and Novak and, and people like that, isn't it? You know, they, they seem to to be trying to to gamble on on finding... Rodoni and, and, and this Kasuma. They seem to be possibly even that Mahoney as well. They seem to, to be trying to find kind of rough diamonds to polish up. And and again, you know, going back to what, what you said about kind of the B team and the whole system, it's 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 definitely feels like we're trying to uh bring them in on the cheap, you know. And ship them out on try and get a bit of money for them kind of a couple of years down the line, which you know, it, I guess, I guess that comes back to that, that the same thing as the B team some will work and some won't. And you know, it's hopefully more come off than, than don't. Realistically, this is a way we've got to do it. We understand that with the budgets that we're working with and, and the money that comes in from season ticket sales, we get it. That's we have to find a way of creating more value out of the players we've got. So we can artific- artific- 
to officially inflate our budget so we can bring in better players and, and have a better squad because the Soconomics teaches you. Um, football results that are normally determined by average salaries paid rather than transfer fees brought in. And I, I get what I get what we're trying to do, but it's a very big difference from last summer. And I don't really I don't know if everybody realizes that just yet. Not, not just in behind the scenes, but the style of football that we're going to see will be very, very different. And more so than we've probably seen for a long time, probably since Wagner came in for the first from the first instant there. We've signed very little championship championship experience this time. <clears throat> Bar Mahoney. And Tino, when he played a bit for us last year, none of it's really bringing any championship experience. And that was the difference for me. You were getting proven championship performers in Lees and, and, and Pearson. And you can argue whether you thought they were any good or not. But what you couldn't say is that they weren't experienced at that level. And, and that made such a difference. I, I think we're probably not even in the wage bracket now of released championship players. That's that's why we're now dipping into League One, League Two. Um, you know, Dean said in his interview we paid a million quid for Radoni and Casamu, but my guess is we got that back from for Peeper anyway. So you know he, he he's put some money in, but he's only spending what he's got. We we had nine senior players go. I had a count out, and if you include uh, Hudlin, who's obviously gone straight back out again, we've only signed seven, so it's six really. You've got Reg come back from Rotherham. I think Reg will be definitely in and among, and he definitely deserves a chance in and around the first team, that lad. I think he's probably ready for a for a, a gamble in the first team. But I look at it and I just don't know where the goals are going to come from. Danny Ward's had one prolific season in his entire career and it was last season. So the chance of that replicating this season is pretty slim. Um, the trouble is, if you listen to Lee Bromby, he's a genius. The club know what they're doing and we shouldn't worry about it. Well, you know, with respect to Lee, it's worked once in the last six years. Our transfer window. So, you know, it was an it was an unmitigated success last year. Absolutely was. But I think there's a lot of gambles. There's young kids, unproven kids at this level, kids with injury history. You know, the, the Japanese guy, he looks like a real find, but he hasn't kicked a ball yet. I don't think he's got international clearance. So, you know, that that that's where we are. And Tino Andrew, he was absolutely unplayable for an hour against Coventry. But what else did he do while he was with us? He looked like a bloke that had won a competition to play football on a couple of his appearances. So, you know, I, I, I do worry that we're going to look light. We're going to look light up front. I think we're fine at, at centre-half and back. So I, I follow you, uh, Kieran. I think we'll be solid. I think we'll be hard to break down. But I think the way Danny might want to play, which if it is what he says, creative attacking football, I'm not sure he's been given the tools to do it. Still don't know where we're going to get goals. Like I say, goals directly, not just like working up to it, but Danny was a one good season for his last year. And you're never fully convinced he's going to last with his injury record. And our problem is he's had a good year last year and he's now a year older. So how's he going to go this year? We all love Jordan Rose, what he did last time for us, but he's not the same striker he was then. He's lost that pace. He's lost his reaction time, I think. So when he drops in the box, he's not the first one on it anymore, whereas he always used to be in it by his year. 10, 15 goals a year, because he's probably one of the best I've ever seen at it. So where are goals going to come from? Who is going to be the person that bags? I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure we're even looking for somebody else to bring in. The season starts in two days. And as of now, it looks like it's Danny Ward up front. And if it's not him, I don't know where goals are. I don't know who's going to score the goals. I guess I guess the question there, though, is who are going to score goals before the start of last season? You know, I get that, Tristan, but now, now it is a year on again. And we've already yeah. had Danny. Danny Ward yeah. was unbelievable last year. For me, player of the year, right? easily. From, from where he was prior to last season, he was unbelievable. He was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah. And then 
so but and maybe he does it again this year. Hopefully he does. But you're gambling with injuries. You're gambling with injuries there. And, and if the style of football changes as well, which we're we're totally expecting, is he the same striker or does he go back to what he was before that? Yeah. I think I think a couple of things. I think you know, and and this is going back to kind of will we miss O'Brien? Will we miss Toff, etc. For me, Lewis O'Brien going gives us an opportunity and, and it probably feeds into what you were saying as well, Ian, that, you know, Lewis O'Brien going gives us an opportunity to do something else. As we said, as I think Nick said it at the start, you know, his, his ability to carry the ball up field is, is, we know, his quality. His ability to create chances, Possibly, and, and I mean directly create chances. I know that him carrying ball field often created chances, but directly create chances with passes or or shoot, you know, his shooting was woeful by Barnsley two years ago or whatever it was. And I guess to a certain extent, are we, you know, when, when we first brought Lewis in, Lewis was a kid that had played a bit at Bradford in League Two. When we first brought uh, Toff in, he was a kid that had played a bit at you know, Lincoln in League Two. So, so are we jumping the gun a bit? Are we? Do we? Do we need to see these lads? I think. I think for me, if we can try and obviously this Mahoney is is a complete unknown. He seems to have the ability, you know, in 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 spades, but doesn't have the consistency with it. I just wonder whether he might add, or or even Rodoni playing down the left. I just wonder whether they might actually add. A bit of stability to that team in terms of everything went through Sorba last year. We saw we saw Toff literally go from two years ago being really important for us going forward to last season not doing much until kind of the, the last five games of the season and, and Sorba Thomas were out injured. You know, so I wonder whether someone like that Mahoney hugging the left-hand side, you know, might bring a bit of stability to the to the team. And, and yeah, the question is, will Danny Ward do the same again? Or, or will it will it give Ward a bit more? You know, will will there be, like the other day, balls into the box that, that he thrives on? You know, he seems to be sort of the type of player that, that will take the chances in the air more than when he has to think about it and, you know, and he kind of fluffs his lines. So I guess, I guess for me, there's probably O'Brien going gives us an opportunity to do something different. And, and, and I guess to a certain extent, I'm, I am looking forward to that. I think what we will get is more people in the box when the ball comes in, because what Rodoni is very good at is late runs into the box sort of, Lampard-esque, obviously not the same level, but, you know, he makes some very intelligent late runs into the box. And, you know, I, I don't see any reason why if we give him, I think him and Kasuma might take a bit of time to bed in. Um, I think we might have to be patient, but I don't see any reason why you can't get five to ten goals this season. Andrew, in if he's fit and fire him, if his fitness is up, could get 10 plus goals. Danny Ward, if he's in the right place at the right time, is a decent finisher, 10 plus goals. Sauber will, will chip in with a few. Other than that, I'm not sure. I think, you know, we've still got good potential from set pieces. I think Mahoney's been brought in to make sure that, you know, Sauber doesn't have to play every single game. 
the season because we, we talked about the final how knackered he was and I think it just gives a bit of competition there and it allows him to have a bit of the rest as well. So I think we will get I think we will get some more goals from midfield. I still think we're going to be a bit short in terms of goals from midfield. Defensively, I, I agree. I think we, we I really like the look of this Japanese player. I have to say, and what particularly stood out. I mean, I, I've only seen his highlights. Obviously, I've not seen him play a full game, but his his distribution um, from the back looks really really good, and I can see him starting off a few a few of our attacks really well. Other than that, I don't know. It's it, it's hard to say. I mean, going very very quickly going back to Carlos, like I say, I was absolutely gutted and I was a bit angry to begin with. But then, sort of listening to Dean, we've obviously got a structure. What what did alarm me was this ten million pound loss every year because you know we're, we're talking about being a sustainable club, but you know in in no way is losing ten million pounds sustainable. And it, and I think it speaks more about football than anything else that that's seen as as good. You know what I mean, what what's if losing ten million pounds, you know, five million if we get some good player sales in, um, is good business, then Jesus, like what what what's bad business? Do you know what I mean? Like what do some of these other clubs lose? We've obviously got a way structure, we've got to stick to it. What I do love with Dean is that he's got the best interest of the club at heart and he's not gonna do anything to jeopardise that. And I, I remember times where we were out with the buckets when we were nearly going going bust. You you'd never want to go back to them times. So you know, if 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 Carlos wanted too much, then fair enough. I think Schofield give the lad a chance. If it had been a manager from abroad, a coach from abroad, it would have all been really excited. I think because we know him, it's like oh, it's, it's Schofield, isn't it? But like you say, he's, um, we've got some great memories on him at town, and I hope he does well. I, I would like to see us get another Premiership loan forward, j- just to offer a bit more competition. But the problem you've got there is Danny Ward starts when he's fit because he was so good last season. He starts. So if you're trying to tempt someone in on loan, they're, they're going to want them to play. So where are they going to play if Danny Ward starts? Unless he gets injured, they're not going to get in the team. So it's going to be quite difficult to attract a striker in just to sit on the bench. And that, that's that's the problem we've got. So they'll probably look at it and say, we've got Danny Ward. If he's injured, we've got Rhodes that did all right. Second half of last season. Do we Do we get another youngster in or do we... You know, give one of our other young strikers a chance. I did. I did see Phillips play. I, I watched the Bolton game. I was a bit alarmed by how easily he was brushed off the ball by that centre back. I don't. So I don't really think that he's ready. But you know, at what point do you start giving some of these younger players a chance before you move them on? If Kieran Arrett has a really good start to the season, first half of the season at Bradford, do you get him back and and give him a chance? I, d- I don't know. Um, I'm surprised that he got sent out, Nick. We we do a bit of sponsorship with Port Vale at work, and the feedback from their fans was he was he was absolutely brilliant. He was he was everything that you look for in a striker. He was hardworking. He was a pest. He was a nuisance, and he scored goals. So I'm surprised they sent Harry back out on loan. I thought he might be the the one to come into the squad in place of Fraser Campbell. What about Corona lads? He, he seems to have completely gone under the radar. I mean, 18 months ago, people were talking about selling him for 10 million quid. I don't know. He got. He's been class. He was class, wasn't he? But then Carlos just didn't fancy him. He, he just for in that system, he just didn't really fancy him in it. He didn't trust him in it for whatever reason. It was quite a disciplined system, wasn't it? Players were asked to do very specific roles, and maybe, maybe that wasn't for him. But to me, if you can have Cromer on one side and Sober on the other, that's about as good as you're going to get with us this year. I think he'll start tomorrow. I hope so. I hope so. I, I think he's one of one of the few players we've got that can that can create something from nothing, and that those players are very very hard to find. 
Unless yeah. you want our guest Rolando Aaron's, but does anyone know where he's any at the moment? Who was he? Of yeah. all the of all the of all the signings we've made in the last twelve months, he's probably the only one we've really whiffed on, aren't we? Well, he, was, really he was Carlos's number one target. Don't forget, Phil pursued him for six months. Is that what it, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, wasn't it? But he's he's the only one we've really missed out on. It who, who really hasn't done what they uh, were supposed to do. Um, but I think this season we'll look at they're trying to give young lads a go out there. I think we're going to go into early on in this season and look at your players like I guess Ben Jackson and um, oh, Etienne Kamara. I'd like to see him have a, a bit of a run in Diara every now and again because they always look class in preseason, don't they? But no, it's going to be a different one. It's going to be a different one for sure. But I think Karoma's got to be central to, to what we're going to try and do this season because I don't think he really got a fair chance with Carlos, especially not in the second half of last season. But then the results were pretty good. And sometimes it's hard to break into a team that are performing really well. Maybe we're just a victim of circumstance rather than um, not performing to his best. I think I think with Haddock, he, um, he, he certainly got... Um, later on in the season, he got called back to, to town and got told he was overweight. Um, and, it, and I think probably the, I think probably it was done with a, a view of sending him closer to home, getting him out on loan, sending him closer to home to try and grow up a bit. Because um, apparently he just, he just ate. He, had, he didn't have the same setup as town where they, you know, they're cooking him all, all kinds of meals. So he just ate takeaways and stuff. So, <laughs> so I, think, I think there's a bit of that in it, to be honest with you. I'd like to see him get a chance at some point. Maybe that's what they're thinking, just see how he does. If we do struggle, we can maybe give him a chance rather than bring someone else in. As I say, it's going to be hard to bring someone in to sit on the bench otherwise. But who, who do you think is going to be the standout player this season, lads? Who, who do you think is going to make a breakthrough? Could be Rich for me. I think I, he's another one that's come back from his loan with rave reviews. I look at that, that looks very similar to the, the season that O'Brien had. He went to Bradford and he had a decent season. You know, he ended up in the playoffs with Rotherham, didn't he? And if, if you believe what the Yorkshire Post are saying, they desperately wanted him back but couldn't afford him. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Reg get in and among. He's probably going to need an injury to, to give him an opportunity, unless Danny plays straight at the back, but he seems to be going with four, doesn't he? Yeah, I was going to say. Do you think? Do you think he'll? Do you think he'll get that chance? That's that's the challenge. He's only playing four. Probably not. But if he's only playing four, does that mean the Japanese lad is going to end up at left back rather than centre half anyway? So you know, a bit of a Congolo type scenario where he plays left back but really wants to be a centre half. So I think Reg, you will. As I say, I would like to see Harry get a go. Um, Phillips has been in and among. I haven't seen much of the lad. So I don't, I can't really give a comment as to whether he's going to be any good. But Ben Jackson got a bit of a chance last season, but didn't really take it. They seem to rate Ben Jackson quite highly, don't they? Yeah, I think I think the lad at right back, uh, Spencer, might be the one who, you know, a little bit footballer. He's played more games for Northern Ireland than he's good for. I think I think when I think it'll be a case of him possibly getting in, and and maybe even Aaron Rowe. You know, another one that's that's been forgotten that that may well be able to do that a little bit more attacking role. But yeah, um, apparently apparently Pearson uh, came off injured the other day and, and was in a boot leaving ground. So maybe that's maybe that's Reg's kind of opportunity. I don't know. Um, it, I guess it depends whether this Japanese lad has got his international clearance and and whether they're comfortable enough for him to to slot in at kind of centre-half. I think if the style 
if the style was going to be anything like uh, Carlos played, they they need they need someone who can play the ball out from the back, don't they? You know, and and I don't think Lees and Pearson were going to be those two. Scott I for me, I think Scott I's your plug and play Lewis O'Brien replacement. Is he as good as him? Not on what we've seen so far, but I've always been pretty impressed with him. Not last season, but season before, I played final game of the season against Reading, and he, he ran the show for me in that, on that day. And I thought he was going to kick on last season. And again, maybe not given the opportunity with um, Hoggy and O'Brien playing so well, and then Russell coming in later on. But I think Scott Eyes what probably given a, going to be given a chance there to set the tempo for town. I think he's going to be given a good shout, a good shout this year to see what he can offer because he's what twenty one. Is he twenty one now? Yeah, and like maybe even he does go out for, for a loan early on in the season. I don't know. But um, I think he, you've got to start showing it at, at that age in centre midfield, don't you? Yeah. And up until now, yeah, he's not a damn product. But midfielders go like that. And then all of a sudden, 21, 22, 23, they find the ground and, and just, just run away with it. And, and hopefully he, he does that for us this year because I definitely think he's going to get a chance. So I don't think we've got too many that can do that, that kind of role that O'Brien did. And, and I think High's going to be given a chance to, to do it. Um, but yeah, you, you got to look at like say Spencer. He's going to be given a decent chance. Um, to be honest, with with, what, with the squad that we've got, I think there's going to be a lot of people given chances this year. Uh, to me, it feels like a full rebuild. It feels like we're going to try something new again, and it isn't this year that we're looking at. It looks like this year we're going to see what we've got, try and gel it in towards the end of the season, work out our best level, and then next year kick on again. It feels like to me it's a two-year process, and, and that means this year there'll be opportunities for young lads from the B team. To, to have a chance in the first team. And that's exciting enough on its own, isn't it? It's always nice to see somebody step up and do well, even if the season's not the best for the team. Individually, if some players prove themselves, that's sometimes enough for fans to get behind kicking on to the season after. Yeah. It's not nice to hear that, I guess, before a season even starts. But realistic, realistically, I, I don't think that's something that will be too far away from what we get. Yeah. I, I, I saw the, the highlights at Tramier and the high seemed to, to play higher up the field and, and looked a lot more comfortable at it. You know, and and maybe that's where he gets his, rather than what seemed to be a very uncomfortable position, kind of trying to shield the back four or you know trying to trying to sit in. He looked a lot a lot happier, kind of moving with the ball, and you know, and and having people actually uh, quite mobile around him, sort of thing. You know, giving him that freedom to move move forward with the ball a bit. Yeah, I. I mean, there's lots of players. Danny Grant, that's another one that's... Have you ever seen a more unlucky player than Danny Grant? He's, he's had injury after injury, then he had COVID, then he had long COVID. But he, he's getting to the point now where we need to start seeing him. Pat Jones is another good prospect on the left side, but maybe a bit further off. I like to see it in Kamara. He's a bit of a beast, apparently. be nice to see him rough a few people up centre of the park with big John Russell. Um I think Kasumu could be a fan's favourite because he's really tenacious, gets stuck in. Bit Og, Og-esque that gets yellow carded every single game. Um, but he's got a bit of that terrier spirit that we all that we all love and we all look for. I, I think Nakayama would be a fan's favourite as well. Look, just I just get that sense watching how he plays. I, I, I think he will do really well. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts because, I mean, he's been training with the squad, hasn't he, and, and everything, if, if he gets clearance. It looks like he's playing four, two, three, one. Does it look like that? It seemed to have played that in the last few games. So that's how it's looking. So how do you how do you reckon the team's going to shape up going into the into the Burnley game? How do you think we're going to line up? 
That that Nakayama, just going back to that Nakayama, um, there's a lad, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, called Liam Henshaw, that does a load of analysis stuff. Um, and he kind of, he reckoned that he was, uh, I think he had him as the third best ball-carrying centre-back in in the era division behind the two Ajax players. Now, you know, I'm not... I'm not saying it's the best division to 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 judge stuff against, and it's completely probably different to the championship. But it does it does give me a little bit of you know th- there is a little bit of excitement there. I think for him just to see what ability he does have, um, and and apparently he's is also a pretty decent in the air, which probably isn't something that you would you would necessarily kind of attribute to a, a Japanese player. So it's you know it's quite a it's it's quite an unknown, but I'm quite excited to see you know what there is there. I think it's it's difficult to say. Nichols is a given. I think we'll probably see Turton and, and Lee's, possibly Nakayama, maybe Reg. Um, that's probably the uncertain one. Ruffles at left back. I think I think they had brought Ruffles in to replace. Tough, and and arguably, you know, I, I think he has the ability to be that kind of attacking presence. Apparently, he was a he was a, a winger that was converted into a fullback. So he's, you know, again, I'm not sure he he kind of a bit bit like Tough. I'm not sure he possesses amazing defensive kind of attributes. Um, I guess my question, and and probably one to throw to you guys is. Do we think that Hogg and Russell are going to play together? Because Carlos seemed a little uncertain with them playing with one another. You know, they were quite. If if Russell played, it seemed to drop drop Hogg into the back three, as it was. Um, they're quite immobile in that centre midfield, aren't they? You know, and and does it? Do we now see kind of uh, Russell as a as a number six rather than? You know, as a number eight, I guess. I think if Hogs fit, Tracy plays. I think every coach, every manager that's ever been up to town in the last 12 years, Jonathan Hogg's been the first name on their team sheet yeah. for good reason. And I, and I don't think Danny Schofield will, will change that. So, but I, I, I had Hogg at the back four, I had the same as you. I think Hogg and Russell and one other will probably, is probably what I'm expecting. Burnley will come. And they're going to be strong. They've got some. They signed some unbelievable players. You know, this is a proper, proper test on day one. So I, I you know, I know Daniel want to be talking about attacking play and all of that. But you also don't want to get tubbed five on your first first game of the season. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was Hog Russell plus another in centre midfield. I also think it wouldn't surprise me if Holmes played. Coaches seem really keen on on Holmes, don't they? And what he brings. So Holmes, Thomas Ward. Hog Russell and one other, I think, which isn't exactly a massive change from last season, is it? No. When you put it in that context, Army, you guys, I think it's going to be exactly what we had last year. It's going to be Nichols, Turton, Pearson, Lee, uh, Ruffles, and then you've got Hog and Russell in front. I think it'll be until you mentioned Holmes, then it's probably a good shout for ACM. Otherwise, I'd have had Sauber, Scott Iron, Karoma, and Danny Ward up top. I think we go, we're not going to waste a new system on a team like Burnley. We're not going to do that. It's going to be a very, very tough game. And I think you're going to try and stick because remember, Schofield's not been here for very long. He's not had a full preseason. It's a short one. Yeah. It's um, shortest we've ever had, I think, isn't it? 
Maybe yeah. shorter than COVID one. Don't, don't you feel like we've just completely been rushed? Oh, it's never finished, man. We're still play, we're playing eleven aside summer league season. So as soon as proper town season finished, we carried on playing. So there's been no off season from I don't think I've off, off season for about five years at this rate. But no, I think it's gonna be very, very similar to what we saw last year. I think he'll play it safe and see see if we can get a tune out of him. Um I don't think we will. But I, I think that's what we'll go with. I, I just would like to see Scott I start in that ACM role, that little higher up to see if he can fill some very big boots of uh, Lewis O'Brien and, and again, Corona get his second chance, uh, a bit of a new start for him in, in a town shirt. Do you reckon that Cullen for, for Burnley is the, the, the player that will pull the strings and graph for him? And, and possibly, I wonder whether High will be used as a bit of a disruptor, you know, and try and, try and put him off his game. You know, I, I don't know. I just think if you've got Russell, if you've got Russell and Og there sitting in the two DCMs, you need somebody with a bit of energy. Yeah. And now we know Holmes has got energy, but has he got the discipline required to do the ACM role to cover two DCMs? I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I think he's better as a winger if he's really going all out, um, high high press kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, Scott Eye for me there, like you say, as your disruptor, as you as your bit of a runner would be what what I'd be looking at anyway. Where's um Radonis position? Is he central or out left? Where's his both. both? Yeah, I mean he's played he's played Holmes in his sort of central attacking midfield position. Which Holmes, I remember when he came in saying that was his preferred position when he came in, and he never really played it. It was always sort of pushed out wide. So it'll be interesting to see if it played there how he plays. Um, yeah, I I can't disagree. I'd I'd like to see if Andrewin's fit. I'd like to see Andrewin. It'd be nice to see either Adoni or Kasuma. The only thing that worries me about Kasuma is his injury record. I think he'll be. I think he, as a long term, they'll be looking for him to to start replacing Hoggy, maybe. But I think the only thing that would worry me is his injuries. But I think you're right. I think majority of it will be the players from last season. He'll, he'll go with experience because he said he's not had long, has he? He's not. He's not had much to work with. He's not. He's. He's not been the usual length of pre-season and it's a very tough team but maybe we're playing them at the right time new manager new ideas lots of new players a lot of outs good players leaving you know can be disruptive you know it could be a crystal palace situation hopefully um where really, we really really young defense and, and, and goalkeeper i think i think the oldest the oldest out of if they play a back four and, and the goalkeeper i think the oldest out of them is 23 so that could be, you know, someone like Ward and, and Sauber, possibly Holmes, you know, can they get a can they get a tune out of them to, you know, to actually go at to go at them? You know, I think it, I think nine new players have they signed. You know, yeah, like, like Ian said, we haven't yeah, had a long pre season, yeah. have we? So gelling them together is quite a task, isn't it? Well, well, we'll probably find out whether Twine can make the step up. Lots of clubs looked at him. A lot of clubs said no, thank you. And Burnley have, have put their hand in the pocket and signed him. So, did you see his uh, <laughs> well his self introduction video? By the way, it was the poshest. He must be the poshest footballer since Patrick Bamford. It makes Patrick Bamford look like an oich. Hello, <laughs> I'm Squat Twine. I'm delighted to sign for Burnley. Up the Clarets. <laughs> You'll have to edit that bit out, Ian. Sorry. No, I'm staying in, guys. That's all right. But I, I always remember. I always think back to the first game of the seasons being a bit dodgy. They don't really reflect on how the rest of the season is going to go. Like we had the Mark Robbins storm out, didn't we? After that Bournemouth five, we five one that one five where we started Matt Crooks at centre back and really got him out to dry. Yeah, we had a bit of a cry in a cupboard or something somewhere in the stadium. 
Um, we've also got the Norwich versus Colchester here back in League One. I don't know if you remember, uh, Norwich got relegated. They had Brian Gunn's oh, yeah. coach and they got battered 7 1. Yeah. They still got promoted. They ran away with League that season still. That yeah. was the year they yeah. pipped us. Um, and we ended up losing in that player final. Was that that one? I think it was. They brought Lambert in, didn't they? Yeah, they sat manager straight away, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was shocking. And then, then think... obviously, we went and smashed Palace, didn't we? First year in Premier League, first game of the season. It doesn't really reflect under De Boer, won it? They were terrible. But it didn't really reflect on how the rest of the season is going to go. So if you're actually going to t- play a team like Burnley, for us, if we're going to go with a team that's pretty static and pretty similar to what we had last season, even under a new coach, if you're coming up against a team that uh, have had a lot of changes at home on Friday night in front of TV, when all the pressure's on them, they've come down, they've got the parachute payments. Okay, the odds have dropped now. I think they're 9-1 to one to go back up, which is pretty, pretty low for an established Premier League team. So people do realise Burnley aren't necessarily going to be what most would expect them to be. We couldn't be facing a better time, I don't think. I think this is exactly what... It's a bit of a free shot for us, isn't it? If, yeah. if we do get battered two or three nil, no one's really going to care. They're going to look at what we've lost in players and, and, and new coach and new system and think, OK, well, let's see how they go next week. We go again kind of thing. But Burnley have got all the pressure on them this Friday, not Town. Town can go into this game for one of the f- for what the first time in years where it's a home game and nothing will be expected of us, even though we're coming off just a, a playoff final defeat. So um, if, if, if we, there's a chance we can do something, I'm still expecting Tottenham to get smashed, but theoretically there's a bit of a chance there for us to get something because I don't think Burnley will be as good as everyone expects them to be. Yeah, I hope we get something because I've said the first first half a dozen games don't half look difficult. Yeah, I'll just look at it like that. Yeah. Away, Stoke, Norwich away, Coventry away, and and Baggies at home. I mean that's a really tough start. Really tough start. I'm yeah, also living Norwich away is on a Tuesday night. Who, I mean, and also when they come to us, I think it's a midweek as well. Who planned that? How unfair is that? They do it on purpose, I'm sure they do, because a lot of them, like, some look like, a lot of them, they seem to, all the difficult ones are the ones that people want to go to. They'll put on a bloody Tuesday night so nobody can go. They do it every time. And then Blackpool away that everyone wants to go to, they'll put bloody 1st of January when it's like lashing down with rain and wind and every time. But yeah, it is a bit worrying. I was just look at them fixtures myself and chuff me. It, it, that is, And we've got QPR away as well in and amongst that, those first few fixtures as well. Um, I think that's like the seventh or eighth fixture. God, it's, it's it's a very tough start. The problem is, like we, I guess we say this every season, though. You don't know until the teams get going. You don't know how some of these teams are going to be. But on on paper, certainly, it looks a very very tough start. If we come through that, all right, then who who knows? But we are going to have to get the ground running relatively early. Um, I mean, I think, go on. No, no, go on, mate, yeah. I think I think though, as 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 Ian said, Burnley Burnley on Friday. I mean, uh, McNeil apparently is is subject to offer uh, from Everton. Uh, Rodriguez is out injured, I think. So up front, there's there's chan- there's, there's choices of I think of Vidra and Barnes. So I could I could quite easily see Barnes playing with Twine off him, maybe something like that. But I think there's a I think there's a real opportunity to try and get amongst them, and you know, as we say, just. Just upset them a bit. I think I think we've got a real solid base at the back that that probably gives me a bit of comfort that you know we can we can kind of go and try and mix it with some of these teams. It's just it's just seeing whether we can actually 
replace that kind of energy in midfield and whether whether that does give us an opportunity to to look at something different and actually try and find those those goals from midfield. You know, someone like if if someone like Rodoni can or, or Andrew can can kind of find some of them goals from midfield, it it could completely just change our outlook really, couldn't it? What um Come on then, lads. What's your score predictions for Friday? I'll start. I I think Burnley. I think new manager. I I think it's going to be difficult for them. I I think we can get them here. The, the key for me is with Town. A big part of us last season was that team spirit and togetherness. Now, if we keep that, for me, that counts as fifty percent of it. If we've got a good team ethic, if everyone's pulling in the same direction, we'll be all right. We've got a good solid defence still. So I, I, I think that we can do Burnley on Friday and I think that they'll win 2-1. I think the key is if we score first, I, I fancy us to possibly possibly nick, nick the win. Um, I, I think it's probably going to be a draw. I think it's going to be early season. I think both teams will be happy with the point. Neither of them are going to want to lose the first game. So I fancy a score draw one all. Yeah, Hart says time to nick it. Ward to score, get get that goal scoring up and running. <laughs> but I think probably uh, I, I I could see a draw, to be honest with you. Yeah, neither team's going to want to lose this one, are they? I, I'm looking at nil-nil. I think we're going to sit really deep. I thought, don't think Burnley will press that much. I think both teams early season will just be trying to figure out both, what both teams are. Burnley won't entirely know what they're going to go with this year. Town will be figuring out as they go. Schofield is learning on the job. Nil-nil, I'll be honest, if we get a nil-nil Friday, we'll all walk away bored but pretty happy enough with a with a point I think. I think you just want to get off the mark, don't you, with something positive. And uh, a nil nil for me would be great. Um and uh not gonna be dancing back up killing the bank, but I'll be happy enough. I think I think as well it's important probably what you said, Nick. If if we, if the fans can see the graft and the hard work and a bit of togetherness, it'll it'll probably carry them for even if they don't quite get the results, it'll probably carry them for a good sort of five or ten games, won't it? You know, just they'll back them and they'll support them, and and I think that's probably the most important part of it. I think I think with this pre-season being as short as it is, teams are still. Is, I think the, the the windows open. Is it until September? You know, and and so I think people will still be figuring themselves out all the way through August. To be honest with you. I think you're right. I think Tristan, you bang on. I think that's I think that's probably the best way to sign off on. I think we're looking town fans are looking for an identity, you're right. We're looking to try and see what we're in for, for this season. And it's not going to be the finished article on Friday. It's not. But we want to see a clear way that we're playing because that's what we're used to. That's what we've had for the last few years. You might like Carlos Ball, you might not. You might not like might hate the way the Cowboys play direct football, but found ways to get points with a team that was uh, pretty poor when you looked at its individual parts. And you look at Wagner and the football that got us to the Premier League, to the promised land, and to stay there for a season. And that's all we're looking for Friday, really, isn't it? It's not necessarily the result, because we understand it takes time. People give town fans a bad reputation when it comes to, oh, they're just whinging, they throw the dummy out the pram a little bit. Actually, I think we're pretty a pretty patient bunch when it comes to it. We understand where we are, we understand what we are. And we just want to be able to see that what's on the pitch on Friday represents what we want to see as fans. And I think as long as, as, long as we see a little bit of that, that we're working towards something clear, then uh, we'll be happy enough regardless of what happens score-wise. 
I, I just want to be entertained, mate. I just want to see some goals and I just want to see us compete every game. That That's all I want to see. I want it to be interesting. I want it to be worth paying the money to go and watch and not just get absolutely twatted 6-0 away at Norwich or somewhere like that. You know, as long as, as, long as we can go and compete with these teams, give our all. You see the players are trying the best. That's that's all you can ask for with, with a team like ours. But I'm only gonna I'm just gonna quickly ask this just because I wanna I wanna know who who do you think's gonna go up? Who do you think's gonna go down and where are we finishing? Because I can use yeah, it as well, a stick to beat everyone with later. I think uh, I think the teams that have come down as always are gonna red up favourites to go back up. You can't go far wrong with them three. I do think um Sheffield United Will be there or thereabouts, um, and I think Borough will be there or thereabouts, and I think you you know your possible surprises Luton again. I think they've been really canny in the summer, so you know I think the the top six aren't going to go far wrong with big clubs with an odd one. I don't think there'll be two surprise clubs like there was last year. Um, relegated, you, you you know poor old Rotherham, almost putting a nail in their coffin before we start. Um, you've got uh, you, you've got Sunderland who came up. I think they'll probably avoid it. So I think the drop, as always, at the bottom end of the championship, it'll be as tight as you like. It could be any one of, of 10 clubs for relegation for me. And we'll finish 10th, by the way. I think we'll finish 10th. I fancy I fancy it Blades. I think I think they look really strong. I think they've brought in some really decent players. That cadre that they brought in from Brighton that were at Blackburn last year, I thought. That's really smart signing. Um, possibly Stoke, but they're the ones that we, you know, folk tip every year. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I share the thing about West Brom that people are on about. I, 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 the the players that they've got are decent. I, I'm a little bit like Mark Hughes at Bradford. I just don't think uh, Bruce is. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's bias and, and bitterness from his days here, but I just don't think he's um, the kind of guy to to take him up. Um, Borough, as uh, one of my mates is a Borough fan, he says the fourteen outfield players. So I'm I'm just wondering whether they're a bit thin, um, and and I think probably the other one for me is is maybe Watford. Um, I think Watford look pretty smart. Um, this year I've seen quite a few people questioning Weber and, and saying that he seems to have lost his magic touch down at Norwich but no doubt we'll go down there and get spanked on the Tuesday night or whatever it is guys. Um, going down I think I think Birmingham looked absolute disarray last year bringing in uh, John Eustace as manager I don't think it's going to change up. Uh, same goes for Reading Bringing in Paul Ince as manager, I don't think it's going to change up. Uh, probably the only thing going for for Reading is is people like Lucas Zhao um, that that might just fire them a few goals. And and then yeah, I probably agree. There's probably a multitude of people that that will probably battle for that last spot. Um, and I probably would say with Town, I'm, I don't think I'd disagree with guys. Tenth to maybe about fourteenth. I think you guys are on summer. If tenth to fourteenth, guys, what are we doing? Honestly, with what we've what we've what we've gone through this summer, I'd take that now. If someone offered me fourteenth, I'd shake their hand and just say, "All right, I'd take that one, lads. Nice one." 
if you're looking at top, and I'd, I'd like a bit more time to prepare this, uh, Nick. We've got no preparation knowing this we're coming up today. So, this is a bit freehand. But I always think Norwich are always good for a bounce out there. They've perfected the art of that. They go up, they don't spend very much, come down, recruit well and, and go straight back up. So, you'd be silly to look past Norwich. I thought Sheffield United last year got the shit together late on. And um, I think they'll be tough to beat. For a third team going up, I always like to pick a bit of an outsider. And now I think Millwall. I think Millwall looked pretty handy last year. And they've not brought in too many this season, but they've, um, they've I think they've brought in well. They've brought in Benny Kafobe. Uh, we, know, we know him very well. Got that lad that we were after, that Fleming. That's it. And, that, and that's, I think they spent quite a bit on him, a couple of million, didn't they? I yeah. think the, the rumour is, is on him. And they've brought in George yeah. Uniman, who I always think is a decent little player as well. I think what they've got, they've built on it a little bit and they're the kind of teams when you when you stick together after doing okay again towards the end of the season, okay, with a few limitations, but you just have another pre-season, you, you, get, it, you get it together a little bit more and then you can push on that second season. I think Millwall might do all right this year. They won't surprise me if they did. For going down on where you were, Tristan, I think Birmingham and Reading, I think they might as well put them down now. And then Rotherham and Blackpool are going to be weak as well, but that third, that, that third spot is hard to pick. There's always a team that drops from mid-table, isn't there, as well, that, that really struggles. Because, again, until the season starts, you don't entirely know. With town... Pro- with, sorry. Pro- go on. A proper, a proper unknown one. They seem to be spending a shed load of money as whole. They, they bring in folk in from Turkish League and all sorts. And, and they've brought that Serie in from um, Fulham. Right. So, I, I, you know... I. I, I can see them being a dark horse and I can see them dropping like a stone. You know, it's, it, it literally is one of them. That's championship for you, isn't it? That's why it's, yeah. it is one of the most entertaining divisions to watch because there's so many there's so many moving parts, teams coming up, teams coming down, overspending, bringing in entirely new teams to see if it can gel in it. And often it doesn't. We've seen that before when teams like Sunderland can get relegated after it all goes tits up for them. Yeah. For town, though, I think it's going to be a struggle. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be one of those seasons where we're just a little bit a bit far off relegation zone to worry about it. You're never going to be closer than four to six points from that. I think we're always going to need to win those three games in hand to get anywhere close to the top half of the of the table. I think it's going to be a season of transition. And, and, and I'm happy enough with that. Again, if we can see a certain style that scoffers wanted to bring into town, see how we go this season and we can hopefully gradually improve it as the season goes on and through next summer because there is a radical change going on at the club this summer. And um, it's a new team, a new town and season starts in a couple of days and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, me too. Completely unknown, isn't it? I mean, yeah, for me, going down, it's easy, isn't it, to say, but easy option. Rotherham, I agree with Birmingham. I think they're really going to struggle. And I did think Wigan. I don't really know Wigan have signed. Um, I don't think they've signed many players, so I think they could well struggle. Um, Outsider for me to 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 go up would be Coventry because I I thought they played really good football last season. I I have to say I thought they played some really good free flowing football, good attacking football. And they were quite unlucky, sort of faded towards the end. Hull could go; they could either go up or down. And it, and it solely depends on how these players from Turkey click. Really, going up, Sheffield United, Watford, Norwich, easy peasy. I'm going to be controversial. I've had a couple of beers, so I'm going to say we're going to finish fifth and we're going to lose in the semi-final to Middlesbrough. There you go. That's my that's my prediction. We'll finish fifth. I'm embarrassed for you, Nick. I think you need to get that uh, Borat suit out again, mate. Yeah. I, I think we need to be more positive. Also, you know, we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna pull some trees up, mate. We're gonna do it. 
it, who knows? It, it, the thing is, like, it's like all these teams. It depends on how the team gels together. It depends whether it clicks. If it clicks, you could. It was same last season. Like, who, who predicted us to finish third last season? I mean, we signed a load of. Lee Bromby did apparently. Lee Bromby said he knew all along we were going to finish in the top six. Him and Phil Hodgkinson. That's what he said. Super. Yeah, well, we're, we're not all oh. gods like him, mate. We're not all yeah. gods like him. We, we don't no, have that kind of. Ability, so to, to us, know, my, suits, my yeah. suits generally fit me for a start, so definitely, definitely <laughs> good although Dean did completely, completely contradict that in his interview to say absolutely nobody thought we'd finish in the top six. So there you go. So you and Lee Bromby, mate, you're the two that are going to think we're finishing the top five out of the, the 25,000 that will be down on Friday. Then you never know, dear, but that's what football's all about is dreaming, isn't it? If you can't dream, what can you do? Eh? <laughs> Drink until, you, drink until you dream, Nick, by the sound of it. A couple of beers <laughs> and we're all really positive. Maybe that's what we need to do. Does does it go unnecessarily like if if we beat Burnley on Friday, does, does the expectation champions, just go through? We're, yeah, we're going to finish as champions if we win on Friday. <laughs> Fickle. It'd be like us to beat Burnley 3 0 and then lose to Birmingham. It's classic, classic town. Yeah. But right, I think that's it, lads. I think we've covered everything. I, I can't wait for it. I can't wait to see what Scoffer brings. I can't wait for Friday night. Unfortunately, I, I, I can't make it um due to work commitments, but I, I hope we get the result and um kick, kick on and have a great season. Um thanks to Gaske, Ian Kilroy, Tristan, Bartley Carl. Thanks guys for listening. Uh, hopefully we'll be back soon with some post-match analysis. Take care. See you all soon.